This week on Back of the Bird, we chat about the scores from last weekend, some interesting player moves, the PLL's ESPN deal, the Maple Leafs next gen night, as well as the new PLL contract implications with playing senior A. So without further ado, here it is, Back of the Bird. I want to give a major shout out to friend of the program and former professional hockey player, Boston Levi for the intro music. We changed it up. That is thief by Boston Levi from his EP prophecies without further ado. Let's jump into back of the bird. All right. We are back another week. Episode 43. Polly, anyone come to mind? Darius Kilgore. Darius Kilgore, episode 43. We got a big guest today. We usually Ryan Smith, Smitty, Smitty, the beast. beast. And And actually, I think it's for his buddy, right? It's for Jack. uh, Gibby's doing the same thing now in. uh, Fuck. I can't remember where he got traded. How bad is that? Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. So we'll go with Jackie Toom. That's who we're going to go with. Love that. Um, we got Jeff T today. We usually forget about who we're going to say until the end. Um, but uh, yeah, long, long time coming. He opened up a little. He gave us a little jam. Yeah, it was uh, good, man. I thought it was a really good interview. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Um, but as uh, all of our episodes are, we're presented by Cottage Springs. Again, we're just inching. This, next time we speak to you. Come on, good you, weather. Come on, good weather. The next time we speak to you, the new products will have launched. I think, right? Timeline wise. So, April, right? Week. Yeah. Yeah. April, uh, or no, maybe not. F- I don't even know what, what day it is. Um, no, maybe another week after that. But that weekend, April, April 1st, I think they all drop on that. Like Friday, they'll be in the LCBO. Um, the way we release episodes, you never know. It might be, they may you never drop know. at a time. <laughs> it absolutely could all be out. But yeah, that we got that little tease. Now I'm going to go a little nerd science mode here for a second. Let's again. go. Put on the glasses. Um, so you remember when, I think it was maybe Monday or Tuesday this week, it was like 11, maybe, or no, it was maybe up to like 14 degrees, like kind of sunny. Yep. So typically with this little whoop band, no free ads, but with my whoop band, I'm like, I don't know, 130 heart rate variability, which like apparently the higher that is, the better recovered you're going to be. Okay. After that day, I didn't change anything about my day, except for the fact it was sunny, nice out. And the next day, I wake up overnight, 150 HRV, 98% recovered. I started reading articles, talking. we're talking circadian rhythm, all this madness. But the sunlight, I mean, it just further proves how completely insane we are that we pick a place that's not hot for 10 months of the year, not really sunny. It's a crazy move. Cause I can't imagine how happy you'd be if you just lived in sunshine full year round. That's uh that's a pretty good. You're just, you got 150 on good vibes only. That's, that's yeah. all it was. Yeah. Strictly. Yeah. Not, and listen, nothing crazy. What, what was I, ta- what, what was I preaching before about taking uh, Mag- was it magnesium? Magnesium. Yeah. Um, 
I, I'm still taking my still taking my magnesium, still drinking my lion eyes, absolutely pumping the lollipop BCAs into me now. But the sunshine, man, it changes you completely changes. You You just get happy, excited. Everything seems a little better. You can take even the bad blows a little easier. So well, and then uh, the days are getting longer too, which, yeah. So, I mean, it's all lining up. It's all making sense, I guess. Everything's coming up. Everything's coming up. Good guys. And, um, I tweeted, I gave a little tweet, a teaser tweet out. I know there's an Instagram account now, but the Robbie McDougal, um, celebrity game is now a full gulp from what I, from what I understand. So, um, still ironing out the kinks in terms of who's going to be there, what the teams are going to look like, but it's uh, I think it's June 18th, if I'm not mistaken, but we'll, we'll double We'll circle back as we get closer. Yeah. I got it. I got an email from, uh, from one of the insiders. So I should, I should know, but anyway, yeah, I've got it somewhere too, but we got a logo and stuff. So it's official. It's, it's officially moving towards being official. So, which, which is awesome. Cause at one point, obviously for guys who, you know, listeners who haven't known Robbie threw a, an amazing all-star celebrity classic back in the day at Maple Grove. We had like Dougie Gilmore, Joe Newendike, Jack Bionda, like the who's who. It was, I, I didn't get to go, unfortunately. I think my brother got to go, but I just remember like stands were packed and, you know, it was so cool. So hopefully we can kind of get something like that too, you know, with, uh, you know, some more pro guys. And, you know, hope, and hopefully some, you know, ex-NHLers that played lacrosse too, you know, we have to give uh, OJT a call and see, see what he's doing. Who knows? That's it. Um, we also got another message here from our boy Blue Goose about this outdoor box. Did you see that one come in? Um, I briefly, it was in the, was it in the mentions, I think? Yeah. So I'm going to give this a little read. So there's a petition going on. Now, this petition is to get support to dedicate the lacrosse box at Clarkson Park as a memorial for Carl Stipe, I believe is how you pronounce it. Um, From what I understand from the description, this guy is just the heart and soul of this box. Like He he played lacrosse, coached lacrosse, volunteered with with Clarkson and Oakville lacrosse. Um, And there was a time when he was the only guy caring for this box. You know, he's... He's keeping the boards up. He's taking glass out from, you know, kids being hooligans in the outdoor box, everything, you know, making sure that everyone has a place to kind of go and, and, and play lacrosse. Um, you know, unfortunately Carl passed away to cancer. So we've got a petition, um, you know, that we're going to get out there. Cause we want to, we want to make this, this box named after him, um, which I think is a pretty cool little thing. Cause again, these guys, man, like there's so there's all, you know, you hear about stories in, in each community. There's always like, one or two guys um in every kind of minor center that are just like they're the heartbeat of lacrosse there and like they always kind of have been um and then you know they kind of you know whether they pass away or or whatever just can't do it anymore like it's like you want to kind of remember them in the right way because there's even like in Robbie's case man like think about you know how many different guys could be linked back to kind of him getting them involved like how many pro guys and stuff like that right so um this sounds like a pretty cool thing too. Obviously I didn't know Carl or, or didn't really know much about the story, but um, you know, I think my old man must, my old man used to throw the ball around at like the Clarkson outdoor box. Like that's kind Dude, of a, kind I of spent a, cool a lot thing. of time there. Like me and my brother would go. Um, and I remember even sometimes we'd practice there. I remember one time actually uh, 
because you don't rent it out. Like, I think you just go. So one time, and we mentioned this guy's name a bunch too, but Bruce Donovan, who also was, you know, along with Robbie, one of these pioneers in Oakville anyways, one day we're like, okay, we're going to practice at Clarkson Box. And we show up and there's a bunch of guys playing roller hockey because it's just like free for all. So I think Bruce like kind of goes, talks to him and like, we kind of get half the floor, they get half the floor. But then like by that time, it's like, no one's really having fun half the floor. So we just had a five on five roller hockey versus lacrosse game. <laughs> first, first half we did like just with the ball and we just waxed them because they couldn't do anything. And then yeah. next when we played like puck had to be on the ice and then they waxed us. But we were like, you know, I think we were nine, 10 years old. So it's kind of just one of those like core memories. And it's, it's funny that Clarkson boxes come out. I just came right back to my mind, but uh, it looks like, I don't know. You don't need 500 uh, signatures, but it was just saying if you get to 500, like makes it more recognizable. So we're halfway there, but I think by all means, this sounds like a pretty small step that we can try and do. I mean, yeah. but it sounds like this guy, you know, for a public box and the only guy caring for it, again, sweeping, patching the boards, stringing the nets. Like, you know, I, I kind of wish I got to meet this guy, but we'll, uh, we'll get that out. I, we, I wish we had one of those outdoor boxes in Burlington. <laughs> one more funny story. So <laughs> one day, uh, one day we, I was at my brother's and I think we were working out when we had like the garage gym going and, uh, the ex mayor of Burlington, uh, Goldsmith or Goldschmidt. You remember him? Yeah, Rick Gold. Was le- Rick Goldsmith? Yeah, something like that. He's legit doing door to door canvassing. So he comes up, like, introduces himself. And then I'm just kind of like, oh, I got no time for this. So I just keep working out. And my brother's in a full on, like, half hour conversation with him. And then I can hear him, like, at the end being like, my brother's like, I'm going to hold you to that. You better come back. Right. And I'm like, What'd you just say to that guy? He's like, <laughs> I told him, I'm like, I'm going to vote for him. But if he gets in, we're opening up an outdoor box in Sherwood Forest. And he's like, my brother's out of me. He's like, you better come back. And when you get in, you're open. And the guy's like, yep, we'll do it. We'll do it. Obviously, he never got elected. So there's no outdoor box yet. But but long story short, it was based on the Clarkson box. That's what my brother wanted in Burlington which I think would be unbelievable, man. Like they have one, they have one in Perry sound. That's like, obviously, you know, most of the year it's, it's ice there. Um, but Never it's, for the cross. it's got like the roof on it and everything too. Like it's, it's got like, kind of like, just, um, I don't even know what like, like it's those, open. Like, kinda, it's, it's open air. Like, yeah, it's, it's open yeah, air, like no but walls, it's got, just a roof over top. Yeah. And it's like the, like the sheet metal roof, like, you know, like, right. a, like that just, covers it off and then there's like little lights that drop down from it too so it's just kind of a sick little um it'd be just i mean it's just again like when you're thinking about okay how do i you know how do i get a kid away from an ipad or you know how do i get them to stop watching a movie or whatever how do we get back to the old days of just like playing a a random road hockey game on your street and everybody shows up it's like this is that's a perfect idea so here's that's our official campaign to start a burlington box now uh we'll just figure out again another idea that we throw out there not we're ideas guys not execution guys so we'll try to figure out how to get there but um other vote stuff kind of vote rick goldsmith and we'll get it yes vote we'll get goldsmith. vote rick goldsmith and dan dawson will bury him until he gets until he gets the box made um do we want to do a quick little score recap here yep i got it pulled up 
So this is week uh, week 16. So we had a Thursday game, uh, Calgary 14 over Saskatchewan 12. You guys may want to just talk about, like, have you played in Thursday games before? Is that something that's new for the I league? No, so there's uh, – I've played – so that was my first – I don't know if I told the story, but um, I did tell the story at one point. Maybe, Donnie, you might not have been on yet. But when I was still a goalie um, – the first game I ever backed, the first and only game I ever backed up was a Thursday night game in Colorado. They did happen sometimes here and there, but I think with the COVID going on and games being canceled, because there's like a Tuesday night game coming up this week. Buffalo's got some weird schedule where they're like back to back Tuesday, then like a Friday or something. We play next weekend. We play Saturday at home, Monday in Colorado. There you go. Yeah, there's some wacky. So Thursday games. So Anyways, to make this long-winded more long, Thursday games happen once in a while. Um, and usually they were only in Colorado, I think just because the rink was so busy. Um, and, yeah, but I think this year there's been more. I rent. think there's CBA rules, though, isn't there? Like where it, has to think, be, it can't be outside of Thursday to Monday? I think there is now, yeah. yeah. I still think you can sneak one in Thursday, but I don't know. Okay, well, uh, pick it up from there. Then we had uh, Colorado 17-16 over Vancouver on Friday. And then on Saturday, uh, Georgia 15-12 over Albany. Panther City with another win, 14-11 over Calgary. Uh, Saskatchewan 9-6 over Rochester. San Diego 9-7 over Colorado. And that was all the games last week. Fuck, not a lot of hard games. Looking like a hard roster to crack now, Donnie. Could be shaking in your boots to get on that Panther City team now next yeah, year. It's no, awesome. It's, dude, yeah, it is. I mean, it's they're not in our conference, so it's what it is, whatever, I guess. Well, I guess they could technically you could all be fighting for that last spot. Yeah, exactly. But um, bump their tires too much, Danny. No, I'm not, but it's just like, you know, you like to see everyone competitive no. right out of the gate, you know? No, hundred percent. Hundred percent. I think that's cool. For, it's cool more specifically for the future of the league, because it's just like it gives you more confidence in the fact that more teams can come in, you know, like more teams yep. can't like, cause again, like you said before, it's, this is like a double draft class year. Um, but it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just exciting. Like in the fact that like you could keep adding these teams and like, you know, even guys that there's, you know, I remember, I remember this uh, Dean Farrell there that he's now playing for them. When I was out in Vancouver, like he would always be at these runs. We would always go to these runs like Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday night kind of thing. And like, he was just like, I think he would always go to Colorado's camp and then like would kind of be like the last cut and just like didn't get a sniff for like, you know, maybe four or five years, like three or four years maybe. And and then gets a chance that he's got like five goals in a game, you know? So it's just like, seriously, that if there's, if there's opportunity, there's guys to, there's guys to jump all over it, which I mean, I, I'm a sucker for stories like that. So it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty cool. I agree. <laughs> you're an idiot me too um, yeah perfect well um other stuff going on pll announced their espn deal in a way more uh what's the word um exuberant whoa <laughs> elaborate Elaborate. That's what I was looking for, Donnie. Exuberant would all is also top tier. I don't know how I'd like to use that really in a, in a sentence completely properly, but <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, 
they announced the same deal that we announced, but they got everyone that's probably got anywhere close to anything over a penny invo- invested in that league. Um, or I'm sure even paid people to like tweet out or whatever. And it just like blew up everywhere that they're going to be on ESPN. And um, I mean, it's good for the league. I, I, I tweeted out too. Like, again, like we're on that same platform. So if somebody signs up and likes lacrosse and then it's, you know, obviously you won't be hearing advertisements about what we're doing in the winter during the, <laughs> during the PLL games, but it's uh, you know, you never know. You could come, come across it and, and then get some interest. So um yeah, it's good for them. It's good for the sports, good for players in our, in our league that can, you know, now be full-time lacrosse players, right. That it's just kind of keeps moving towards maybe everybody being able to do that. That's, that's kind of doing both. So big news, but again, we were there first, but then they just did it better. The announcement. We were there first, which is good. Like you said, everyone gets the table, but this goddamn guy, Paul Rabel somehow doesn't miss. He throws like a hail Mary tweet at the rock fucking like five minutes later the guy responds you know how many people must tweet at the goddamn rock the and rock tweeted at him yeah dude i didn't see it uh, what tell so me about it it actually I think started with maybe the cross playground tweeted a clip from ballers where rock it basically says or whatever his character is in that in that show is just like espn eh Huh. Something like that. It's just like a three second clip. Rabel gets underneath that mentions like, Hey, at the rock, like blah, blah, blah. We need to connect. No, 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 no. I swear to God, like 10 minutes. I should pull it up. But 10 minutes later, I just pulled it up. This is, this is nuts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He, like he had this big old thread from, um, from 2020 where Paul Rabel said he would personally give you a chunk of his shares in the PLL to get him in an ownership in pro lacrosse league so that dreams of more players can come true. Cause he was responding to, um, the rock, like getting in on the XFL and talking mm-hmm. about having seven bucks and dreamer dreams aren't just for dreamers. And then he t- Paul Rabel tweets again, rock here to try to convince you and t- to take a meeting it says PR, not sure how I missed this entire thread, but I see it now. Fate, Kismet, and Mana. Which are like, uh, um, fuck, now I can't think of it. Samoan, like okay. small language. Sorry. And he goes, I'll make sure we and our groups are connected offline. Dreams ain't just for dreamers, brother. That's fucked. Nikki, Nikki Sikavich couldn't have been tweeting at The Rock. Come on, Nick. But, uh, no, I mean, yeah, that's. We got to get, we got to get underneath, we got to get underneath that now, Biz, be like, from we should do it from at back of the bird just like hey at the rock don't forget about the indoor guys <laughs> yeah hey you can have all my shares in back of the bird if if you, well maybe not all of them you never know where this could go i want to at least hold on to one but uh it's yeah i, I don't know that's wild i just saw it now i don't even know what to think about it it's just like fuck why can't we get some we need some we need something to happen good like that i'm gonna start tweeting at m- mankind to see if he wants in <laughs> on our on our side he was a, he already was, he's a big Albany guy. Yeah. I thought, no, I thought he's a riptide guy. Maybe originally he did go out to an Albany attack game, but he I might think he, I think he might've announced our first overall pick. He might be right. I so think I he might've, but mankind, uh, to the rip, mankind to the riptide. I'm going to have to talk to Richie Lisk about this. The fact that he's got to know the rock too. hundred percent. Cause he sent out the big, I saw him um, when Scott Hall passed away. 
saying like he worked with him, blah, blah, blah. Cause he was with the WWE for like uh, years. Right. Yeah. We're going to get him on and we're going to get some old school stories on that. Cause I think that'll be a good sit down. Oh man. Um, I bet. Did I ever tell you about the guy I work with him and we did my upstairs round together. Anyways, he was best friends with test. So back in the day, it was Tess and Stacy Keeler. You guys might be too young, but I know, I know the Keebs, but I yeah. Don't know. Anyways, Tess was like her boyfriend, like on screen. And anyways, he was like the six ten Canadian. It was his best friend, but he said he went down the Florida one time to party with Tess, and it was just like I was almost like and this was just before we started the podcast. And I was about to be like man, I think you need to be our first guest. He had all these <laughs> amazing stories. I was like, I think we need you to be the first, like, unfortunately, Tess has passed away now, but he had all these crazy stories. I was like, yeah, I think you're going to be our first guest on this Is podcast. his name like T-E-S-T? Yeah, exactly. Um, like just implying that he just hammers testosterone or is it like? Yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most likely that is what he did, but uh, yeah, he was a monster. He was like 6'10". Anyways. I don't know if you want to touch on this other on the other lacrosse news we got going on that you made notes. Yeah, on. well, what's that? Did you make that? Did, did I make these notes or did you make these notes or did no? I, I made the notes. So okay. yeah, I mean, I'll I'll touch on this one too. I mean, we're not really breaking the fourth wall. It, I don't even know if that's even a thing, but dude, I don't think that's um, how that's where used. The fourth wall. No, the fourth wall is like the just, camera lens, isn't it? In yeah, a no, movie, the third. I think it's the third wall. But anyways, we're breaking the fourth wall. All right. So we're going into the fourth dimension. Well, no, just like a crazy. And again, by the time, by the time this is released, obviously it's already been announced, but Kate, like KJ, Kyle Jackson gets released kind of, kind of out of nowhere. Um, You know, and then all of a sudden like that Halifax team kind of looks way different than, you know, two weeks ago. Anyways, great guy. I mean, me and you both play with him. Awesome guy has had some success in this league and, will be very interesting to see where he ends up because I mean, you know, he's, he moved to Calgary. He started the kind of a life there. So we'll be Halifax. To see you mean Halifax. Um, Halifax. I said Calgary. Sorry. My bad. I, don't know <laughs> I was like, wait, are we breaking more news? KJ to, KJ to Calgary. Yeah. You heard it, here <laughs> you heard it here first. first. I just manifested it somehow. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, it'll be interesting to see, to see what happened uh, happens with him. Obviously, you know, he was a 70, 80 point guy a couple of seasons ago. So, you know, you know, he can do it. And, you know, it's never a bad guy to never a bad idea to, to put in a good lefty. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But kind of kind of crazy. You know, you saw the reaction online from everyone. Like there was a funny tweet by uh, Del Bianco just being like, the more I know about lacrosse, the less I know about lacrosse or whatever. He's been pretty funny on Twitter lately, actually. Yeah, he's been taking the reins off. It's pretty good. Uh, so how does that work? Is he, can, can he uh, sign, sign with anyone now? Yeah. Free and, he can, and he can do that immediately, right? He can play this weekend if he wants to. Yeah. Exactly. So that's what I mean. By the time this is released, honestly, he's probably in the lineup somewhere, most likely. What's your guess? Okay, let's do guesses then to see when this comes out. Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you one thing. We, we would love to have him in Roch, but I don't know if it works, right? Yeah, um, well, it's because it's an interesting spot to live. It's not a terrifically easy place to get to. That's so. This is like the whole thing, right? And actually, kind of like think of it now, Calgary might not be a bad spot. Like, there's probably a travel. direct flight. Exactly, it's not a bad. So, like, you got to think right now. 
all kind of the top teams in the league are probably out, right? They're happy with what they got, right? So you say like Buffalo's out. Here's my question. He's a chaos guy. He's a chaos guy in the in the PL. Wow. Okay, maybe Buffalo's back in. Buffalo's back in. They were out. They're back in. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, yeah, you guys assume like Toronto might be out. Um, Buffalo, San Diego, and Colorado. Say so those four are out, and kind of everyone else is back in. But then again, it's just it's not the easiest place to get to the state. So then you kind of like, yeah, maybe Calgary, maybe Saskatchewan, maybe Vancouver. We just go right to San Diego. I'll, I'll fly completely coast to coast every weekend. Yes. But, yeah, I, I don't think it's like these situations, like they're the worst, but it like kind of shows you like how crazy sports are that this can just happen at the drop of a hat. Um, but the guys, I mean, like you said, we played with him. I love him. Great guy. Great family. You know, he's going to, he's going to land somewhere. It's, it's just kind of a question of where. So um you know, I think it's it's more, and he's going to be the kind of guy that can kind of shake this off, shake it off his back, I think, and kind of turn the page to to find some success elsewhere. So obviously, we wish him the best there. But uh, yeah, kind of wild, interesting stuff. It's and it is a great tweet that Del Bianca put out because like the more stuff that happens, and the more you think you understand who's going to be where and like whose long term yeah. play there, like where it's just like nope, never mind. Sonk. Yeah, sonk. Um. <laughs> uh, but yeah, other than that, I was, I actually, we, we had, well, the Maple, the Leafs had their next gen little collaboration with the Drew house there um, for their game. I was, I was down there after work. Um, I was in the at office the on Wednesday. Well, no, I was, I wasn't at the game, but. Okay. But um, city. And what do I get? I'm, I was just like at dinner and I get my phone's blowing up in the first period. Like, and for some reason it was on loud. So it's just dinging away. I'm like, what's going on? Look at my phone. I got like 20 Snapchats, 10 different texts, just a picture of Mikey Lomas sitting at the game because he was, he was sitting a, a row in front of this coach Cal kid. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I guess they were showing coach Cal on the camera. And I just see my brother sitting there looking all handsome with way more hair than I've got. So um, big shout out to Mike chilling there. And I, can't imagine. I mean, again, it's that kid is hilarious. Like the little speeches he gives, but I would imagine he was probably doing that the entire game. So I, I wouldn't wouldn't think it was probably the best place to sit. But uh, then, yeah, I mean, those games are awesome, and the amount of, it's such a good idea because like the amount of kids that are just like not Leafs fans but are just obsessed with Bieber and this Drew House clothing and stuff that are just going to immediately be like, like now relate Matthews to Bieber. And then they're going to start like, like liking games and liking hockey. It's a great idea. Great little marketing plan. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's, that's kind of when I, I put in the notes, but it, it like, it kind of goes back to like, if Rabel gets this meeting with like the rock, just like bringing in these socially massive people that just reach people that you have, like, you can't reach as, like, a, as an organization or as a league, right? Like, again, Bieber, you know, I don't know how many millions of followers he has on everything, but, again, half his followers probably never watch hockey, have never watched hockey. Now, all of a sudden, you know, he's tweeting out a couple of things about the Leafs. You got a bunch of new fans, a bunch of new people buying merchandise, you know, just just such a, such a no-brainer. Like, you know, you, you see some, probably some purists and whatever being like, 
get this guy out of here, but it is just such a no brainer to like touch on the younger generation. Like it's so hard, I think to, to grab kids attentions now with everything. So yeah, I don't know. It was pretty, it was funny. Like it's obviously been well publicized the Matthews uh, Bieber friendship, but that video of Matthews just like grabbing him and putting his arm around him. It's like jarring. It's like, Oh my God. (laughs) Like, yeah, you, you can't touch him like, like that. It's Justin Bieber. Like, what are you doing? It's like, yeah, they're boys. actually boys. It's yeah, they're buddies, and I'm sure I've, Justin appreciates that. Like Austin treats him like a normal person. Yeah. Um, but it was like crazy to see it. It's like holy, like it's like one of the most famous, like probably top ten famous people in the world, and you're just like putting your arm around him. I can't I even imagine. Imagine the time that those guys have together. At like Bieber's house in the summer or something. Fuck me. Like, just one day, just a day in the shoes. That's all. I think. I think if yeah, I honestly think if there's a guy I'm trading places with in the world, it's it's one of those two guys. Yeah, I mean, I think I would do one of the the PGA golfers. See, but I'm I would I would like on that, I would crumble. I think, like it could I be. Think right. Rome, yeah. I, think I guess just... I just thought that I would get to take their like. Oh, okay. You just want you just get to like go live their life and like have. All <laughs> yeah, their yeah. Strength. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Nomi was more yeah. thinking about all the girls and stuff that just throw themselves. Just the amount. Well, of or like, and just the amount of money you make, and like what you do. I mean, I guess I wouldn't particularly love performing on a stage, so maybe I'm just saying I would choose Matthew's life. That's a lie. It is funny, like in Toronto, you love think it. of like. <laughs> Matthews and Bieber as like both A list people, but and they are both A list people. But like Matthews is making what from the Leafs like ten million. Yeah, Bieber's making like hundreds of millions. Like it's not yeah. even close how much money it's, they're making. You know what's so funny? It's that classic like. So Bieber like obviously they're like buddies, but before they were probably buddies, Bieber was like most likely fanboying over Matthews and like the Leaf guys. It's their favorite team. Right. And then like those guys are probably super nervous because he's and then all of a sudden it's just like, hey, we're all like normal, cool dudes and it's become buddies. But it's like that weird thing where like, yeah, they're like way more famous than hockey players. But then those guys love the hockey players because it's like musicians can't be athletes and athletes can't be musicians. Right. So it's like this weird thing where you're listening to his music, but they love you watching play the sport. But then you get together. So like, yeah, we're just buddies. And then you're just normal somehow. I actually saw a clip or like a, a few images the other day of like his Bieber's new house in like Cambridge or something. And it's just yeah. got, it's got like a race, tra- like a horse race track on it. And like, just uh, a house where like you would legitimately have to have probably, you could have 50 people living in it and not see 45 of them for like weeks on to on end. Have just you seen so that big. video of Henrik Zetterberg's crib in Michigan? No. It's no. been making the rounds on Instagram too. I mean, it's on a lake somewhere, but it's got like an infinity pool into the lake. I mean, it was Zetterberg did okay for himself too. This place is, oh, dude. I saw the other one I saw was uh, Wayne Newton's house was up for sale in Vegas. Well, he had like acres upon acres, dude. He, he, the one of the biggest like big big dick swinging moves. He had this massive pool that was a circle, and then just like a little platform with stairs up to it that he would walk up to and sing for all of his for all of his guests <laughs> in the that. pool which is just an insane move i i always loved him in that 
national lampoons yeah. like when they go to vegas he's hitting so on the mom right gives yeah. her a lock of his hair <laughs> yeah that's classic but uh i guess other lacrosse stuff um obviously we we kind of knew this before we i don't know if we chatted about it on the podcast but um i don't think we did Johnny shake his head i don't think so but um it's now in pll contracts that if you're signed to a PLL contract, you can't be playing summer ball, um, senior A in, you know, wherever it might be. So uh, an interesting thing, again, I, you know, I, I think everyone's going to be choosing the PLL if you're like a top tier guy. Um, but the other thing, like you hear these stories, man, guys getting, you know, 30 grand for a summer or like, you know, whatever, a thousand bucks a game in the summer, even like to not even have to leave your hometown. It's just kind of, and that's, you know, whatever it's cash. Like, it's like, what's that compared to us? What's this, you know, then you look at PL state or player contracts, whatever that is like 25 grand or something. It's, I don't know. It's, uh, you it's basically kind of double a, it, right? Like the yeah. way I look at it, you basically double it. Anything cash is like you double it. Yeah. Like tax, tax reasons, you know, almost. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it, it's, it's been kind of rumbling around for a while, but now it's like, it's obviously like official official and uh yeah man it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens again i don't i get it but i don't get it like i've heard kind of the workers comp side of it pll doesn't want to have guys like get hurt and then like workers comp and then it's like you know you can't get workers comp unless you get hurt in the pll like you should be able to track down where the injury happened you know and i don't think a ton of guys are like that greasy that they're going to get hurt in summer than like trying to go, go step on a ball in PLO warm up or something. Yeah, after. exactly. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. It's just like, there's part of me, like I get it, but there's part of me that like, it kind of is like, man. And I would just like, if it was like, Hey, you can play MSL or, or WLA, but PLL comes first, which most likely it is. Right. Yeah. Logically, that's that's going to be the way it is. But it's like I, I just don't understand. We're, like we're still trying to move towards this, like play lacrosse full time. But then you're you're kind of like throwing down Thor's hammer and saying, no, you can't exactly. make that lacrosse money anymore. It just exactly it doesn't which make sense, un, which is un, like and that's, that's been like a lot of guys I've talked to. It's like that is exactly it. It's like you're taking away a guy's job. So like what gives you the right to say I cannot do my job like yeah. i i like that's that's one thing and it's just kind of like you know and then you see like the pool would you rather play for like pll or man cup and like you know obviously a lot of the americans we, we're is why we started this podcast to kind of like explain the man cup like people still don't get the man cup and kind of how ingrained and how important it is to canadians you know yeah. and guys that you know have grown up in peterborough grown up in six nations right um so i just yeah i don't love the move like again i just i don't get why i can't just be like okay you can play both but pll comes first you know and but. are they and how are they gonna like well how are they gonna you're gonna see it? yeah you're gonna see guys drop popping up under aliases playing summer games to get their cash and then just no one saying a word so that they can like that, it's, just, it's gonna get that's the next thing which will be very interesting see how true because you know there's some big names in both those leagues that like to play both those leagues so it will be very interesting 
to see how yeah, to see if they and to see if they put their foot down and say like what the fuck is this like let's yeah. okay, we're, you're putting this in a contract we're starting a union like you can't just throw rules at us without any representation from a player side that to me yeah. that doesn't make sense if you're if it, if you're starting to get into a hundred percent conversations of ability to make money now a union has to be formed because you can't have a one-way negotiating body. Like, you know, I know it's, I know they've started this thing and they've done it on their own. It's a startup company and, you know, they can kind of make their own rules, but like, there's going to get to a point where like, you can't just, you can't just tell people how they're supposed to live their lives. Like if somebody relied on 25 grand extra, 30 grand extra summer cash to, to kind of like help their family, it's like, or, or whatever, like save for future stuff. If it's younger guys, like, I don't know. It just, to me, it's just like a it's a it's a domination move or like a, like a powerful move to to cover their own ass on on the the fear of somebody getting like a tweaked groin and then like rupturing their groin in a game, you know, yeah. or something like that. I don't know. But yeah, like a legit kind of like small chance worst case scenario. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting. But again, I I if we looked at like the number of guys, like, I don't know, I wouldn't even know what, how many, like 10, 12, like, you know, how yeah. many would that affect? Yeah. You know, that's but... also true. That should be, that'd be interesting. That's, you know, that's a job for the lax mag lax mag do a uh, reconnaissance, see how many guys play both and how many guys will actually affect. Boom. And we'll take credit for it. After yes. you guys. And it'll be, it. it'll we'll be the lax mag list of, of players that play both brought to you by back of the bird. Yeah. I think that's exactly. fair. Um, and then uh, another little cool thing coming up for uh, for dangerous. You want to touch on that this weekend? I guess it'll be kind of we put this out Saturday. It'll be happening Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the big bro is gonna pass Johnny Tavares for first all time in, in games played, which is you know a pretty cool feat. And uh, you know I've been asked about it a couple times and. You know, it's still kind of surreal, like even with him passing him in assist as well. I don't know if he's passed him in assist, but uh, or maybe time. Oh, I think he needs two more. Yeah, That's he will pass yeah. him at some point. But it's just kind of crazy. Like, you know, you know, he was like there and he's second all time in points. But then like when it happens, it's just kind of like it's still crazy to kind of think about that, you know, he's there. You play and you love the game and, and blah, 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 blah. And, all of a sudden, it's like, man, he's second all-time in points and first in all-time games played. And, you know, it's kind of funny, like, to kind of go for circle with the Jeff T thing, like asking him about, like, does he have any goals and stuff like that? He's like, no, I just kind of play. And that's really just kind of like my brother's thing, too. He's just like, want to be a good teammate, prepare, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, all of a sudden, obviously super talented. So is Jeff T. And I'm sure his name's going to be up there as well. But it's just like you know, you, you do good things and good things happen to good people. And then all of a sudden he's first all times game played and second all time points, which is, which is wild. But you know what? He deserves it. He does everything right. He's the, he's the man. And, yeah. uh, and he, he's first all time and being the enemy of the pod too. Yeah, good. exactly. But I, I have a funny, um, thing and I was going to make a video. I don't even know how to even make a video, but, uh, <laughs> Obviously, we, we do some research on this podcast and, uh, you know, you type in people's names. We try and get a Wikipedia page. We're trying to pull up stats and awards for guys as we, as we interview them. And then every once in a while, you know, hey, I'll, I'll Google my own name, see what's going on. Right. And 
every time you like type, if I type in Dan Lomas, it'll say professional lacrosse player, Dan Lomas lacrosse player, John Donville lacrosse player, and type in Paul Dawson, it would say lacrosse player. But a couple of weeks ago, I was back on looking at myself. I don't know why. It doesn't say lacrosse player anymore. It says Dan's brother. No, it doesn't. So go Google Paul Dawson and legit, I swear to God, under my name, it just says Dan's brother. So I don't know who did that, but it is the best fucking joke of all time. Uh, I Like what is this? Where like, is this on Wikipedia? No, just put it into the Google search bar. I don't know. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. That's your Wikipedia page. That, you know who this definitely was? Who? It had to have been Schiller. It had to have been dude. You're, you're literally, you're yeah. It says Dan Dawson's brother is like, <laughs> <laughs> how, how money is that? Oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. It, that, cause it, yeah, it's yeah. That's so that's like the Wikipedia thing. Like where it does, it says okay. like your job underneath it kind of thing or whatever. Okay. Um, <laughs> I wonder who did that. Whoever did that own up to it. Cause he definitely listened to this too, which is amazing. Oh my Three god! Case of Scottish Springs and a punch in the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to come pick up the case and you get yeah. your knuckle sandwich with it. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh man, but yeah, good. I mean, again, we can't say enough things about Dan. It's like he's an all-time guy. It was always. I remember. I think. I, I think I went to one of the, one of his camps back in the day um, at like Central Arena when it was on like the grass oh, out yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and but uh yeah even playing like those first couple years and just getting to travel together with you and him and the lessons and seeing him eat his fucking full rotisserie chicken in bed with hummus and just being a goof and actually being a human behind it like that was the best always it's always the best part about him is like he he treats everyone the exact same whether you're an equipment manager you're the best player on the team you're a fan he's met for the first time or you're you know a buddy of a buddy it's yeah he's an all-time guy and it's think that's obviously why these things good things tend to happen to good people so big day big day for dangerous but still enemy of the pod no doubt according to uh, according to nll.com by the way he only needs one assist uh to he needs one to tie Tavares for all and time then one to pass him and then one more to pass him yeah and it's 900 and Tavares has 934 and dan has 933 which is just a preposterous number of assists and he, and this is what is like it would be like his three hundred and three hundred and seven six seventh game. Yeah, they're yeah. tied at three hundred six right now. That's yeah. so many games, so many games of lacrosse. Yeah, and that doesn't count playoffs. all the summer lacrosse. Yeah, or yeah. you know, yeah, or playoffs, or playoffs. He's played. Yeah, it's crazy because he's he's been in. What do we say? Seven man cups. He's won. Yeah. And a lot of those might not have been full like seasons, but most of those playoffs are full playoffs. So it's like another 20 to 30 games in every summer. Yeah. yeah. Also, you're going to hear this in the intro, but did this stuff blow your guys' mind that Teeter had like 800 points in junior? I think he's number one all time. Is he not? I I would I, think that number has to be. He's definitely up there. And I, again, you got to go through Wampers, but yeah, it is crazy. Even the, even his regular season points of like 450, I think are close to like first all time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. So uh, he talked a little bit of the interview. People will hear about his first weekend in the PLL and I was there for his first weekend. And, and the first game 
he had a couple of points, but it was clear he was knocking off the rust a little bit, but they played the doubleheader that weekend. And the second game, his second game in the PLL, he had seven goals and two assists. So like he knocked the rust off pretty quick. Yeah, it came off. It fell off in a hurry. Yeah, yeah. That, my buddy I and I were at that. the game, and it was like, it wasn't even a surprise for in some weird way. It was like, yeah, it's, it's funny how it always is like that with them. Because um, I remember even after the first game, because who was who was the one that was like they were arguing taking first overall over him? Well, uh, Michael Sowers. Yeah. So um, there, I remember after like the first game, there's like a bunch of shit online, like, Oh, like maybe this wasn't the pick. Like, Oh yeah. He was getting roasted, which is just hilarious. Too, unbelievable. And then literally 24 hours away, just puts up nine points. And then like, I'm pretty sure he was like second in the PLL and scoring and played two less games than everyone else. Yeah. He was right up there for sure. And it's still, I still, it's still even fun. Like, again, obviously I have a little bit like a little bit of a bias towards him now, but like, I mean, the guys, the guys leading the league right now in points per game. And he legitimately rarely, like, is like rarely getting talked about for rookie of the year. Cause everyone's like trying to throw like other random names in the mix, not random, but like other guys that are like kind of more surprisingly having a good year in the NLL. Like it's, I don't know. It's kind of just, it's like, why wouldn't you just run with the guy that or pump up the guy that you thought was going to do it? You know, I don't know. Yeah. What we, I, what I remember I, I saw an interview a couple years ago with, uh, uh, with Scott Gomez, the former Jersey Devil, and he was like, I loved going up a level because I was a feeder. I got to play with better players. And I think that's, like, the cool thing about Tears. Like, the higher the competition goes, it's, like, the better he gets because he's so good at playing with these, like su- – like, he, there's, like, no level you can give him that's too high because he's he just makes everyone else better. So the better the players are, the better he gets. It's it's awesome. And I, I've been – a I benefited from it for two years. So yeah, it, it was awesome. And uh, I hope, uh, I hope I get that chance again someday. Yeah. Yeah. Good guy. Good guy. But uh, oh. what else? I don't know. Yeah. I think there's no better time than just throw it right over to the guy. We just talked about. Stroke. We just stroked off yeah. for, for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so this interview with Jeff Teat is brought to you by lucky penny media. At Lucky Penny Media, a full-service marketing company without hefty agency pricing. We understand your brand is everything to you, and when working together, it means everything to us. You're more than just a client. You're a partner and a teammate. Our philosophy is simple. You grow, I grow, we grow. Here he is, Jeff T. We're pleased to welcome this Brampton, Ontario native who spent his minor and junior days with the Excelsiors, amassing over 830 points in 143 games in junior, leading them to a Minto Cup. He played 51 games with the Cornell Big Red, tallying 268 points in 51 games, while also representing Team Canada in both the 2016 Under-19 World Championships and the 2018 Lacrosse World Championships, winning a silver in both events. He has since gone on to be one of only three players in history to be drafted first overall in both the NLL and the professional outdoor league. We are pleased to welcome to the podcast, Jeff T. What's up, brother? Hello, fellas. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, man. Long time. This is, this is a big, this is a big time guest. It's tough to get you. Tough to get through the uh, agents and everything. You I know? had to, I had to corner him just be like, listen, you got to, we got to do this. We have to do this. Took a couple of weeks, but we got there. We figured it out. Um, well, you messaged me on GroupMe. 
private message me on group me i did yeah yeah that was i didn't even have his number at this time and i just like group me and messaged him he's like did you just group me message me (laughs) yeah all right maybe we'll take another take another shot at this in a month or so so hey uh you want to hear my age just show him what the fuck is group me no you don't know come on no i swear to god what is that you guys really don't have group me paulie for the team no what do you guys use for your group chats what's that oh jesus you are showing your age but is that bad I don't know. Group me is just way nicer because you got you can do the like messaging feature, which is like it's I mean it's half the reason to have the thing. If All right, maybe, maybe we uh maybe we'll update this week until group me. See think- uh, see what the fellows want to do. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get back to it. So first of all, what's going on? You're where are you at now? You're you're in Brampton still and you're you're coaching the hills, all right? Yep. Uh living back home in Brampton, coaching uh, at the at the Hill Academy throughout the week and then Obviously, uh, traveling and uh, playing on weekends. Where in Brampton are you? What part of Brampton do you live, TC? Uh, north, north, like uh, Mayfield and 10. Okay. okay. This part of Brampton. Yeah, Brampton. like north of Brampton, a little subdivision there? Yeah, exactly. Okay, perfect. Paulie, nice. yeah, are you a, are you on the watchful eye then for fires in that area or what? Just sister station, sister station. That's station 205, but... We'd, we'd get a call up there if, uh, if they need backup, that's for sure. So don't worry, TZ, we got you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you're in good hands. Uh, well, I wouldn't say good hands, but we got you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's there's people there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Paula, you want to lead it off and jump headfirst into this part that you're all fully torqued about? Yeah, well, I mean, ever since we kind of started this podcast and obviously, you know, Donnie's, Donnie's been singing your praises, which, I mean, rightfully so, and, and uh, but – what got me on board of, of the T the T train, other than, you know, seeing you as a young kid around the Brampton majors, I heard you're a big Marvel guy. I do. I, I do enjoy the, uh, the MCU quite a bit. All right. Well, I need, I need favorite movie, favorite character. Then we can, this is kind of all I really care about. And then we'll get into some other stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I know a lot of people you know, don't, don't think this is the best one, but I think Endgame is the best. Yeah. MCU movie right now, I think it just kind of trumps everything. My favorite character would have to be Wanda Maximoff. Really? Wow, that's kind of out of left field, but I like it. Respect the hell out of it. Yeah, no, I, I like Dan. I like both the Endgame and uh, and the one before that too. Um, I thought they're both legit, but I really, I really like the Endgame, and I'm interested to see where they go with Phase Four. So, coming up with uh, Doctor Strange and all the TV shows. So, yeah, I'm pretty hyped. Anyways. Maybe we can uh, maybe hit a movie after the NLL season's done. It comes <laughs> friends and hit <laughs> an NLL movie, you know, Brampton Cinemas or something. Brampton Silver City, sure. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, picking up on the Marvel thing, Tira, I, I was asking some folks about questions. So I'm just going to read a text I got. Hey, Jeff, Matt Lachardi from Cold Spring Harbor, New York here. Just a quick question for you. I've seen you sporting some Marvel apparel for your game day fits. What are your thoughts on adopting the nickname, the winter soldier, maybe a counterpart to Tom Schreiber's captain America. I think it's pretty fitting. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, no, I, I love Matt. That's a, that's, that's a funny one. Um, I'll, I'll take whatever anybody will give me to be honest. Easy going guy. That's just him. But what, so how did you like, have you been into those kind of like since you were a kid, like just like loved doing like watching all the movies as they came out kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it started with Iron Man, and obviously, I'm not. I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not like super big into the comics. I'm not, you know, a big comic reader or anything like that. But I, I would say I'm 
more of an MCU guy. So I just kind of, I mean, it started with Iron Man and then I feel like everybody kind of loved that movie and thought it was sick. And then they just kind of kept growing slowly. And I don't think people kind of realized everything was kind of interconnected till probably later on in like I don't know, 16 or 17. By then they had probably 15 movies out or so. So yeah, it's just kind of, I just think it's really cool how everything's kind of interconnected and it's like this ongoing, you know, story and you know, it just keeps going. It is actually kind of mental. Well, it's mental that like basically you grew up in the MCU, which is kind of super cool. Your, uh, your teenage years are better than my teenage years, but it is crazy that these guys would have started this and like had basically 40 movies planned, like all interconnected somehow. That is actually super wild. Yeah. And then like everybody, as things come out, they're like, Oh, that's, it's crazy how it's connected. But even like now there's still stuff like 10 years from now that they have planned that happened probably, you know, two or three years ago or something like that. I don't know. It's really cool. All while they're just lining their pockets of billions of dollars. They are just crushing it, which is also pretty, pretty easy to have. I got to, uh, I'll be honest. I haven't seen like any of them, but I, so I got to like, I got to get on the train here. I, I, I saw like, I, I think I saw uh, like Black Panther in theaters. That's, but, that's, <laughs> Jesus, man. The best uh, thing is now you can watch them from, you can do it any which way, but you can literally watch them in chronological order on like the Disney channel from like the first movie, like in the timeline, not how they came out, but from like the first one to like now that makes sense. so it's so it's it's not the, it's not actually like release date it's like they no, can be exactly okay so captain so they, america was the first one and it's like world war one or world war two and then it kind of like and they're still like it'll still all make sense somehow but you can watch them chronologically which is kind of cool i think i saw uh wonder woman too or like that one she's good that's she, not in the mcu come on that's man. not fuck no, <laughs> Get a what's that in What's that that's in? D- that's DC Universe. Come on, man. What? I thought Batman, she was in. Superman. I thought she was in this Endgame thing. No, that's fuck me. Okay, I'm over one. Um, all right. Well, but I, I mean, now that we got that part out, Paulie's happy. Let's let's jump into kind of growing up. I mean, obviously, pretty unique childhood, and just in the fact that you're, you know, growing up with your old man, you know, having played for so long, and then kind of, you know, still playing. What was, you know, what was it like, kind of being around? more specifically like those those Brampton senior teams that were you know going to man cups yeah no uh, I'll be honest I, I definitely remember those those Brampton days more than I do like the NLL days I don't know just because it was closer I probably traveled to more but I was obviously young but yeah no I think it was just like I just really looked forward to kind of going to I don't even know I remember I forget what it was called before it was called the Power Center it's called something else now it was called something. Oh, I think center. it's the CAA center now. No, it might not be the CAA. It was the CAA center at some point, but yeah, it's changed a couple names now. Yeah. I don't know. It was like a while ago, but just like enjoyed just going there, just being around the guys, being a ball boy, throwing the ball off the glass. And, you know, whenever I got to shoot on the goalie, that odd timeout, that, that was kind of the coolest part. And then just kind of running around the arena and just doing that part was what I enjoyed. And then as I kind of got older, I started to, know kind of sit down and watch games more obviously when i went i was like you know seven or eight i was just kind of there for fun and running around and just kind of having a good time when you were when you like say you're watching games are you watching specific players at this point or kind of like because obviously 
Like I, I played on those on those teams, and you know, you know, were you, like, were you watching, watching Polly to see so how good. he's shooting the that's ball? Why he's so good. He's been watching me. He's like, I'm not gonna do anything that guy does. So that's how that's how he turned his career around. No, but you got like obviously like your your dad, you got Doyle, shooter, my brother. Like you got all these guys who are all Hall of Famers. So are you like actually watching guys when you got older? Kind of. Yeah, I think like as I kind of you know got older, I think I kind of started to realize that these teams are were, were insanely talented and, and special and kind of did that for my own preference and just kind of watching what different guys do and stuff like that but you know a lot of times I was just watching for entertainment just you know it was good lacrosse it was fun it was always especially those, those Peter Rose series those Ontario finals championships and stuff like that those are extremely hectic I would you know travel with my grandma to Peter Rowe and stuff like that and it was um, you know definitely just kind of entertaining lacrosse to be honest. What was I mean, kind of just like from my own like purity, like what was your old man saying like during those series? Cause like you say that they're, they're pretty hectic and I probably added to some of that chaos and some of the points, what was he saying? Like after the games when like it would turn into a shit show, would he like say anything like after games to you or like you guys ever talk about like after games? Um, to be honest, I, I don't really remember what, what he'd say after the games. Um, I just kind of remember the the hectic stuff that would go on like during the games pretty much like, there's a couple of games in Peterborough where my grandma and I would have to go watch from like down near the room and like couldn't be up in the stands just because it was like so crazy. And I was like little and stuff like that. But um, yeah, not, not too much kind of after the game, but uh, I do know that I just remember that I was like hoping that you guys would win so bad just because everybody would be in a shit mood after. And it was like really awkward and kind of <laughs> insane to be around, but um, that's kind of what I remember. Who was, nice. uh, do you remember, do you remember like having a, you know, kind of like as you got older, like you said, and started watching like more specifically, do you remember having like a favorite player, someone you just love watching? Um, those teams, man, those teams are crazy. Obviously my dad, um, but then, you know, there's, um, you know, Colin Doyle, Josh Sanderson, you know, the Dawsons obviously, and at the, at both Merrill's are on those teams and like they'd you know, lose one guy one year and then the next year they'd have two more guys come in and just kind of, replacing without skipping a beat their goaltenders they'd have you no know, two starting goaltenders sometimes three and it was just kind of a, a fun group to kind of watch and enjoy and um, just be around as a young kid yeah no doubt so why let's i mean let's get into kind of like minor for you who were uh did you have kind of like a central group in in brampton that you guys had played together you know like all throughout minor and then then kind of into junior too yeah so well obviously my dad you know, coached our, um, our, our team when we were younger and we just kind of tried to keep that group together for as long as possible. So we started off when, you know, we were extremely young and, and most of us kind of played hockey to get together too in Brampton. So we were extremely familiar with each other. And then, you know, you know, Pee Wee, Midget, Bantam, obviously that, that 97 age, you kind of, kind of stuck, stuck with us for a while. And then even in junior, we had, you know, a majority of those guys um, that we played with in minor um, come up and play you know our goalie was with us for all five years of junior and then all every single year in minor so uh, um, I think that's you know the one thing that um, you know our, our coaches when we were young did is just kind of keep that group together and then obviously had some success and in, in uh, minor and in junior are some of those guys in the NLL now too when you say like that 97 group or something in, in the league now as well or like in, in school or whatnot yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, our our ninety seven age group definitely has a has a good amount of guys um, in the league, I would say. And then you know, it's kind of funny because 
in junior, you know, we picked up Clark, who's kind of like our arch rival in, um, in minor, but then he was with us. And then, you know, we picked up a couple other guys. And now, and, you know, that, that, that year was probably two years ago. And or my first year in Brampton major, we had, you know, Warren, we had, um, you know, Robert Hudson. So it's just kind of accumulation of those, trying to rally those 97s from, you know, Mimico, Brampton, Orangeville, all, the, all those teams. And um, I, I think it's, you know, we have a good group. To yeah, fill it right. in for Polly, like Connor McClellan's in the NLL, uh, Josh Medeiros is in the NLL, um, Clark, he would play, like you said, played with you guys all the way through junior. A couple other guys too, but, but those are just the guys that jump off the top. And there's obviously yeah. still more guys coming too. Um, did you guys ever win it in minor? Do you ever win A in minor? Or how many times, I guess, maybe you should ask that. We won, um, I think uh, in my first year midget, we won midget A summer games. Um, Let's go. Yeah, we uh, we won in Mimico, which is cool. And then we lost the next year to Orangeville in the finals again. So uh, I think those two years are our best. When did you, man? And then, so, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, dude, I was, I'm looking at junior. When, were you like 12 when you played your first game of junior? Like, there's like little seasons here and there where you played like one game. How, like, do you remember when you played? He played major um, at 11. <laughs> He said he was a ball boy, but he was actually played when he was 11. <laughs> yeah. um, I think I got called up for like a couple playoff games when I was in minor. Um, yeah, I think it was only in the playoffs for a couple games. And I think we got rolled by Whitby like back to back years. I think that was in their, their glory days. But yeah, I think I think just a couple games. You think it wasn't Burlington that beat you guys? No. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Um so let, I mean, we'll go kind of, I mean, even just timeline wise, kind of still going with um, the Brampton stuff going into junior. What's, what's it like? I mean, again, we like to kind of talk about this stuff because people don't really get to hear about it, but what was it? What's it like kind of playing for your hometown team that you played all minor through? And then, you know, ultimately it was your last year, right? That you won a Minto with him. Uh, no, we didn't win. We lost him. Lost or him. lost. You lost in the final. Okay. Yeah. My bad. That's Come on, on, man. And well, then we got to get the Wikipedia guy. It's not me. That's on Wikipedia. <laughs> um, what What's it like kind of playing minor and then going up to junior and just kind of wearing the same colors and taking pride in, in being from that city um, and, and then playing junior there? Yeah, I think it was, I think it was su- super fun and enjoyable, you know, partially because, you know, a lot of us, you know, went to either junior games or major games growing up. Um, you know, lucky to have both of those in Brampton. Um, but then also just kind of like we were touched on earlier is like we had that same group for, for so long. There's probably 10 of us that stuck around for, for, for those teams. And then in junior, we had those same, you know, you know, eight to 10 guys, you know, plus other guys from other teams. So I think, um, you know, obviously, you know, not a far drive and playing in Brampton Memorial was, was super fun. But I think, you know, just the ability to do it with those guys that you kind of grew up playing hockey or and lacrosse with or, we're super um, you know, enjoyable. And, and the one thing I think like we should like somehow touch on this is like junior a barns. Like obviously you got like Tony Rose and, and Mimico, but like Memorial center and Brampton, like it's such a kind of special place. Like the floor is super small, great stands old as hell. It's like almost a hundred years old, but like just a classic barn. Somehow we have to get like, and almost an arena series and like showcase like wicked junior a barns. Cause there's so many, but like you say, 
especially once they went full time on the cross, you guys put the turf down. Like what a, what a great spot to play the rest of your junior career. Cause when I was there it was still cement basically turns into an ice rink once it gets hot, but what a, what a cool spot to play like those four or five years of junior. Yeah. I think my first two, maybe even three years, it was, it was, it was cement as well. Yeah. And then, and then they went to uh turf, but like everybody, now, if you ask anybody Memorial that first, that first to start complaining about how hot it is or <laughs> how they have to come out of like the doors right behind our nets and there's like balls whipping around and stuff and all that stuff. Those are all by accident. There's just guys missing the net. Like it's, I mean, there's <laughs> not much you can do, right? <laughs> exactly. So let's go in, let's go into the hill. Like, did you, um, did you go there from the, from the get go or how long were you at the hill for? Uh, I went there in grade 10 and then, so 10, 11, 12, and then PG year. So what, 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 like, did the, you just kind of get, obviously, you know, those guys really well from kind of just being around them with your old man and stuff. Did they like kind of reach out to you and just, you know, say this was the place for you to kind of go who, and if you wanted to, to be able to kind of choose wherever you wanted to go NCAA wise after. Well, well back then I tell us it's not a thing now they had the, the Reebok top 100 camp. And it was like run by those guys. And you now they asked me to come out and I was like, really? I was young. I was probably in grade eight or nine at that point. And I had like, obviously I played field across in like Brampton minor and stuff like that. But it was more just like, we were just playing box cross on a field of a couple extra guys. It wasn't like yeah. <laughs> on field across. Just six, six guys cut in the middle at once. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Two main games everywhere. Um, so then I went to that camp and then, I didn't really know, like, I didn't really have a huge idea of, like, the NCAA obviously knew what it was and stuff like that, and um, but I didn't really have a huge, like, gauge on it or radar for, for myself to go, and then, like, went to, took a visit at the Hill, it was at, you know, in the, the Vaughn Sportsplex hockey rink, and um, obviously decided to end up going, and then that's when I kind of started to focus on field, field across a little more, just because I never really played it, like I said, it was more just playing box cross know on the field and then i think that's kind of where i just kind of matured on the lacrosse field yeah but one thing i was kind of curious about is like you started right away there at the hill which is like super rare for people that know the hill usually it's older guys i guess kind of what was that experience like and in your mind like you're a very humble guy but like when did you kind of start to become the player that like was was it kind of like was there one year when you really started felt like you took a leap or just kind of like a steady thing throughout your your minor career yeah, I think um, for anybody that doesn't know, there, there's usually a couple teams at the Hill. There's usually two. Sometimes now we have like three, two and a half, depending on, you know, what, what tournament we enter, stuff like that. So back then, I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember that I was definitely on the younger team to start. Like you can always, we, you know, we always practice, um, you know, together. But we had a younger team of like nines, tens, maybe elevens at the time. And then um yeah I did get called up to to play on like their, their senior trip and I didn't play a lot I just you know took a, like a, a midi shift every once in a while but like those, those guys that you know were on that older team um you know Zach Miller he was in grade 12 when I was like my first year there so grade 10 and he was like the best cross but one of the best cross players I've ever seen he was so smooth so calm and just kind of getting to watch you know him play along with um you know a lot of other great players that were older than me go there and then you know, kind of like we had in Brampton, we had like four or five guys start in grade 10 and then just continue that through grade 12 and then in PG. So we had like a good kind of core group that kind of understood, you know, the way the hell worked and know what it meant. And then I think all four years just kind of kept building. And then that, that, that final year we had, so my PG year, 
um, we went undefeated and we were the, the number one team in, in North America, I guess you could say. So I think that that year was definitely pretty special. And I think it's just a culmination of, you know, guys that, you know, you work every day with and then, you know, watching some of the older guys you know, play lacrosse. I think uh, you kind of just touched on it. I mean, you don't, you don't have to go into detail, but I think one thing you, you just touched on is like, obviously everyone knows the Hill for like getting guys at division one and stuff like that. And I spent some time at the Hill and now obviously you, you're back coaching and stuff. But I think the one thing that, you know, some people miss about the Hill is, is that they produce great like hockey lacrosse players, but it's also kind of the away, away the floor stuff. Like Hill actually means something, you know, the wolf, like everything kind of means something, the principles of what it is to kind of go to the Hill. And like you say, helped you mature was like was that kind of stuff like helpful for you kind of like growing up as well like maturing like you said yeah 100 and i think you know a lot of people look at you know our, our like that undefeated season we had and like our spring schedule and we we play the best competition and stuff like that but like everything that you know the key takeaways you learn at the hill are are done from what you do every single day in practice in the weight room whatever stuff like that i think that's you know, when some people don't really understand, you know, the hill or, you know, they, they leave after a year or something like that. It's more of like they, they kind of miss the part of, you know, what's going on every single day is the, the chunk of, you know, the, the best part of the hill and you know what you go there for. So I think that's kind of one thing that you know, I was able to understand really quickly, along with a lot of other people. So um, and then on top of that, I think, you know, JD can obviously attest to this, but those like the stuff that the values and, and stuff you learn at the Hill matched really well with Cornell and, you know, kind of their culture, obviously it's going to be differences and stuff like that. It was just like, it was, it was very similar, just on like a higher stage and more amplified, I, I would say. So a lot of similar values. And I think that's why you know, I enjoyed Cornell so much. And it, it, I was able to, you know, have fun there and do well, just because, you know, the Hill kind of uh, emulates that pretty well. 100%. So just like going into Cornell, because that's kind of next, like how did that recruit process go? Were there other schools in the mix? And then like why ultimately choose Cornell? Yeah, I was, yeah, no, I was definitely, you know, talking to other schools. And I think um, the one thing that, you know, the, the, the Hill does really well is just kind of finding the right fit for you. And there are some other schools that I was really interested in. I'll be honest, bro. It was like, nah, it's probably not the best school for you. And they were like really good schools, like really good lacrosse schools, to be honest. And they were just, and he was just like, nah, it's now nah, you're not going to go there. Like, oh, okay. So <laughs> go there. And just then my dreams. Thanks, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cornell wasn't like my first, very first pick at first. And then like when you, when you break it down into smaller pieces and look at, you know, if you make a list or whatever, what you know matters most to you and stuff like that, it was like, I think in broad terms, great lacrosse program great academics. And then it was, it was close to home. Family could come watch, brothers could come watch. So I think just kind of accumulation of, of, of all those things. A lot of Cornell fans that, Oh, Brody, a thank you note in the mail. Yeah. After this and, podcast. and I love that you didn't mention the other schools. Cause those coaches may put a hit out on Brody for not <laughs> yeah. forgiving the no bueno. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> so going in into like going into Cornell, was there, well, first of all, going through it, did you find, did you have to like one, did you do one run at the SAT and you're golden, you're into Cornell or what, like, was it multiple attempts? No, I think I took, I took, I took three. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I took three. Well, I don't know. I just took three and it, and it works. And then you I got took in. three too. It's all good. Don't worry. Yeah. 
I did. I got. I think I did. I did one and got by on the skin of my teeth to get into high point. So that tells you kind of what my score, my score looks like. But when you uh, when you first get there, Cornell's kind of unique, right? And we and I actually didn't know this until we were talking about this year. Like you guys don't do really anything lacrosse related in the fall, right? So did you think that kind of gave you the ability to like kind of just get comfortable with like the schooling and everything, and like not you know maybe not be overwhelmed out of the gate? Yeah, I, I yeah, I definitely would agree. I think for the people that don't know, there's, there's special rules with the Ivy league that prohibit your weekly, you know, participation with, you know, coaches and stuff like that. And um, obviously John knows this very well. I think the majority of our time was, um, you know, pointing in the direction of strength and conditioning with our, our strength coach, his name is coach Hallie. And he's like the rock of the program. He's been there forever. knows the ins and outs. And like he could, he could, I've, I've heard, you know, a couple people say this, he could be, you know, the, the head coach of, of the lacrosse team there and like nothing would change like that. He's just like a, a amazing person. I personally learned so much from him. So I think just, you know, spending a lot of time with him and, and not so much time on the field was super useful to everybody. Just, just going back to, you know, what Paulie said of, you know, learning, you know, the ins and outs and you know, the values and stuff like that. I think that's kind of, you know, the, the backbone of, of, of Cornell lacrosse right there. So, um, yeah, it definitely gave, gives you a little more time to get settled in and stuff like that. Obviously, academically, it can be challenging depending on, you know, what field you're in and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, no, the, you, you don't have to get used to it. Um, obviously, I was used to just playing lacrosse a lot more than than working out or doing strength and conditioning. But I think it was, you know, a good little switch up for me. But, you know, definitely had to get used to it. Yeah, I think just to build on that too, like, Canadians we just love to play the game that's like what drives a lot of us so like I know I think you're kind of describing the same thing Jeff but when I got there is like you learn that you got to like earn your like basically like earn your touches like you got to earn your chances to to play offense and, and score like that's what we love to do and like you learn to earn that pretty quickly so yeah that was, that was just cool hearing you talk about that what was the major at Cornell speaking of schoolwork just a quick what was your major uh communications classic I feel like that's like that's a classic major i feel like for a lot of guys it's awesome and one thing what one thing is i will touch because i think when i when i came to the hill on the strength and conditioning side you came back you could have gone to cornell after your fourth year could you have not and you came back did you choose to come back am i right on that for a pg year at the hill you're talking about right yeah yeah at the hill sorry yeah, when, yeah. Yeah, like you could have gone to Cornell after grade 12, but you chose to come back for the PG year. Is that correct? I think it was just like always in my my plan that I had discussed with Brody and Patrick. It was just like this was kind of the best option slash opportunity. And yeah, and it kind of worked out. And um, I, I think Cornell would have preferred me to come after the PG year anyway. So okay. it okay. kind of worked out. And I mean, looking back on it, I would recommend anybody to you know, take a PG year if it's, you know, know feasible to them and 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 the availabilities there and i was kind of i've i thought about this too like because i i mean i did the same thing my 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 reasoning was completely different i didn't have it like really anywhere to go (laughs) at that at that time but like i've never understood you know not doing that because it's i mean you know maybe if it's a point uh you know a situation where like you're going to a private school high school and it's like expensive like another year is another cost but 
to me, it's like, man, think about how much more mature you, how much more mature you get in between like 18 and 19 too. And like, then you can, you know, you play that other, another year of box or whatever. And I'm speaking more for Canadians, but it's just never really made sense to me, like not doing that, you know, and like being in a rush to get there. It's just like, I don't know, kind of a strange little approach, but. I took two PG years that need to mature so much. I took two. Did you? I can, I can go to school till I was 21. That's how, <laughs> that's how much I need to mature. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. I mean, it's, you know, obviously some people are in different situations where they just can't make it work or they have an opportunity that they can't really turn down. But I mean, you know, if, if it's definitely available and I don't see why you know, it, it can't really hurt you in any way, it just kind of benefits you. And in a little bit of aspect for me, it was kind of, you know, just getting a little bit bigger and stronger, obviously more mature and stuff like that. And even this kind of fifth year that, you know, I took at Cornell, I just feel like a little bit, you know, just a little bit more, you know, solidified and kind of everything I, I do just in that aspect. So, did you you did you didn't play that? So there was no lacrosse for your last two years out of five at Cornell. Is that right? Yeah, that my my senior year we got five games in, then canceled, and then came back, and then they canceled season the whole season. So what did you guys do? Like, were you able to practice that last year that you went back? Were you able to practice or like lead up? Like, what were you guys doing? So like it was like leading up to like the whole season, really, literally to like the start, the literally the last possible day it wasn't confirmed that we didn't have a season, but like we pretty much knew that we weren't going to play. We never got the green light. So a lot of our, you know, players on the younger end and even kind of on the older end, um, like withdrew from classes so that they could retain their eligibility and come back basically. So after everything got sorted out and classes started, we only had, I'm going to, I think 14, maybe 13 15, guys 15, yeah, yeah. around there actually like on the team. So everything we did was in either, groups of seven split in two groups of seven or just one group of 15 on the field. So it, it was definitely a little strange and we were able to practice. It was obviously you had to like gradually build up small groups, working out with some, working out with masks, all that stuff, just kind of a pain in the ass, but you no, know, eventually we did get to, you know, have some fun and you no know, practice together and work out you know, all in one group by the end of the uh, semester. Was there uh, was there ever a thought for you to, to kind of like, do the withdraw thing and then, and then go to a different school to, to, to play lacrosse? Um, no, I mean, as soon as I left after my senior year, I, I knew I wanted to come back. Obviously there's a whole bunch of hoops to jump through and then obviously made it, made it work. And then since they didn't like fully commit to canceling our season to like the last possible second, it was even after school started. No, I just kind of, I didn't really want to go anywhere, but I also, even if there was like a 2% chance that we did have a season, I was just kind of hanging on to that just because that's kind of where I wanted to be. So I think that was kind of where my head was at. That was a uh, classic Nickel Cello breaking teat to a uh, Denver. Wasn't it? Wasn't there that fucking rumor going around that a cello broke that you were going to Denver or some shit like that. Uh, so we had to beautiful. fire him. That's why we had to fire him from the podcast. Yeah. That's we replaced him with Johnny and Donnie. Yeah. Yeah. We got a Donnie, Donnie, Johnny. <laughs> so just to like fill in the gaps too, though. <clears throat> so we had 15 guys in the spring and we went five days a week for the whole spring. Uh, and all the seniors guys in my class, some of which like myself were leaving and, and, and Jeff, we all decided to basically go all in for the spring. So we were playing five days a week and then, you know, for, you know, listeners out there, like pretty cool from our perspective to have, you know, Jeff playing with us every day. Obviously we had, we had been our teammate for a long time, but like it says, I think it says a lot about Jeff that he was willing to just kind of show up and, and pound the rock with us every day, knowing that we weren't going to play. And, you know, it, it was a hor- like a horrible experience this spring 
you know, knowing like not getting to play getting that taken away from us. But I, I don't know about you, Jeff, but it was a really like kind of amazing, rewarding experience too, in a weird way. Uh, we got we got really tight with the the group we had and stuff like that. So it was cool on that end. Yeah, no, I, I definitely had like a whole bunch of fun and I was taking only online classes. So like I was like at the beginning of semester once season got canceled, I was like, do I just go home, do online classes, or do I stay and work out and play lacrosse five days a week with these guys? And um, I think the the biggest thing for me was, you know, I touched on it was being around Coach Halley. Um, I think just, you know, being in his presence, even if it wasn't like we weren't working out, is just like a huge advantage and something like I, I owe that guy like a whole bunch for me personally. But and then just, you know, being around, you know, a small group of guys and like, you know, Johnny said, like, you know, you're not as close as with everybody on the team, you know, as you know, you'd like to be and some guys you're just closer with. And, you know, Cornell, I think that gap's a little smaller than other places, but that's just obviously you know, some bias. But, you know, just getting to know even like the freshmen that are coming in, the, the three of them that were there. And then the the seniors that were graduating and to be honest, probably never going to play lacrosse again, just sticking it out and um, playing for not really a reason, just kind of you know being a part of it and having some fun was, was pretty cool. So what are, what kind of drills are you getting put through in a, in either a seven or a 15 man practice? Um, I, I think a lot of it was, was skill work. And I think the most we got up to was, was three on threes in terms of actual contact work, but, yeah, it was, it was a lot of shots, a lot of skill work. Um, and then, you know, not so much one-on-ones, two-on-twos. And then I think three-on-threes is the most we got up to. And then all of our coaching staff was young, so all of our coaches would dress for the practices to give us extra numbers. That's Which huge. was like, it was awesome. That this it can't, Dude, this kind of sounds like if somebody filmed this, it would be like a, you could you could put a little like movie together on just the Cornell boys that stuck around and and grinded through it, man. That sounds why. And like, I mean, I've done like a little bit of them. Like, did you guys have to wear you didn't have to wear masks when you're like in your gear, did you? Yeah, we did. In your gear. Um, yeah. Under, under your bucket. Mass working out and on the field as well. That and is then, crazy. Wow. And then how, how often were you guys lifting too during this? Were you guys lifting five days a week too? Three days. And yeah, three days and then on the field. And our goalie too was a senior, was one of those seniors who um, like w- was done playing lacrosse after this year and like could have just enjoyed his last semester, just, you know, having a good time partying or doing whatever. And he literally came every day and just, he was our only goalie and just soaked shots and got hurt <laughs> every day for <laughs> It's a true definition of a goalie right there. Just not playing lacrosse ever again, but just wants to soak one shot one last time in the Just shimmel. loves the game. Loves, yeah. absolutely adores the game. Um, Polly's got this question listed here. Are you in this, this fucking Cornell Illuminati group here that Donnie and Belial are in as well? Whatever that thing, what's it called, Donnie? What is that, Donnie? Sphinx head. You in the Sphinx head too? Not, yeah, I, I, I don't really do anything in it. I, I don't think I did anything in it, to be honest. But see, that's that's a classic Illuminati. There's like, yeah, I'm in it, but I can't talk about it. See, it's this yeah, weird I, fucking thing. They're like somehow controlling the government or whatnot. But okay, yeah, I'll make a member of it. But <laughs> what you got the you, ring, like, got the t-shirt. What did you have to do to join it? Like, what is this like? I don't know. It's just some some. I have no idea. I can't, you can't even explain that. John, can you, I don't know. I don't know how you can explain this. Like, it's just like, it's like a, yeah, it's like a age old thing. You get tapped for it and then they do some stuff, but not a whole lot of stuff. So they wait, they're just like, they throwing like the hood over your head and taking you in a room and be like, all right, you're a <laughs> man now. Is that like what it is? 
You guys I mean, are not allowed yeah, to talk about it. It's amazing. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's just, I think it's just like a group of people in the school. I don't think there's that many of it, to be honest, maybe 40. And then they, they just ask you to be a part of it and kind of help out in any way you can. They just do a lot of stuff around the school and they, I don't know. Nobody's really supposed to know about it or anything. I don't know. I think we should start a, like an NLL Sphinx head type thing where like you got to get like tapped. I think, I think we're onto something. You can't talk about it, but like we really don't do anything, but you just can't talk about it. An elite group. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so All right. Shake on the floor. Well, we've spent about, I don't know, 50 minutes talking everything but pro lacrosse. So we might as well step into that. So when you, when the first time around, when like the, uh, the MLL and like the PLL draft when the MLL was still going, did you like let them know, like I'm going back or like, did they just like, what, did they even call you before? Like the, before, I think it was like the chaos picked you and then um, the cannons picked you before too. So like, did you talk to them at all or what was that like? Yeah. Well at that time, no, I didn't talk to anybody from the MLL. Um, but sounds about right. The, the, with, the, <laughs> the, with the, with the PLL, that was like when I was going through the process of like, I hadn't been confirmed to come back to Cornell yet so like I wasn't allowed to say like yes or no I was just like I just told him straight up honest I was like look I'm going through this process I'm trying to go back to Cornell if it works out that's my plan and that's kind of what I'm leaning towards but if it doesn't then obviously I'll be going to the to the PLL so and then that that was like the basic information that I gave to the coaches and then um that's and then I got drafted yeah. interesting all right so then then we turned the corner did the was what draft happened first, PLL or the NLL for you? Like the actual one with the Atlas. Um, the NLL. So it went PLL, NLL, PLL, NLL. And then I so I got drafted, I guess, Chaos and then New York and then Atlas. Okay. Okay. So what was that whole – what was the draft process like for the NLL? Like did they – because that was – because there was that delayed year, right? They knew that – we knew we were picking you and then you were going to be back for that other year. Yeah. So, so that time, like by that time, I knew that I was going back to Cornell. So I obviously they knew and I was straightforward with them. I was just like, I'm going to be going back to Cornell. Obviously want to focus on that hundred percent. And then as soon as I'm done, you know, full, full eyes and you no know, ears going with that. And now they're pretty, you know, straight up honest. And obviously there wasn't a lacrosse season though with that year. So it was a little bit different than the PLL, but um, it wasn't too much of a process or, anything like that. It was just like, I'm going back to Cornell. This is what's happening pretty much. Before we get into the draft, we kind of like, was any, like, obviously, like you say, you're kind of grinding it out in Cornell. And then before the season, like before our season got canceled, or I guess, no, you already knew you were going back. Right. So anyways, but then when you're grinding out, no, you're not playing a season. Was there ever a chance that you were going to come out? Like you said, you were in online classes, come out and come play for the Riptide a year early. Was that ever a chance or no? Or was that not even an option at that point? Well, I think at, at that point, the season was canceled, but there's like rumors about a bubble happening. Oh, okay. So that was, yeah, okay. So I was like, yeah, I'll probably just end up playing in the bubble. If that ends up working out, I'll go home. And then, but then that obviously got canceled. So I think the only time that I would have. Would have been that bubble in Hamilton there. Yep. Yeah. I guess, well, quickly for listeners, there was like, yeah, there was like a, 10% chance that we we're going to have a bubble in the spring of 2020 in Hamilton. It would have been like a month, two month long bubble. So that would have been cool. You would have, you would have came out for that though. eh? 
yeah, that was obviously it was a short lived plan. And then I just, ended yeah, up yeah, I think there was one conversation that lasted a weekend that just got canceled, but would have been cool, anyways. Um, so you you got to play in the PLL first, though, obviously, you had, you had that year. So, did you know that? Um, because I think there was a little, at least from and again, my PLL knowledge isn't top tier, but um, there was a bit of back and forth on like who they were going to take first overall, wasn't what like I think in the media at least, wasn't there? Did you did you know that like all the whole way that they were going to pick you to go one? <laughs> this is okay, it's actually kind of funny story, but um, so like they do the draft like five days in advance, I think, as a five maybe a week, something like that, just to, like I think get all of everything sorted out and make it look great. And they did obviously a great job, but um, like obviously you go through the process talking to coaches and stuff like that, and you know they you know tell you their thoughts of you know where they see you, blah blah. And then like I was talking to Coach Rubes and. Like he was like right before the draft. It was like the day of the draft, and um, obviously the draft had already happened. But I didn't like you don't know where you get picked. So like the draft happened five days ago, and then he he had texted me like during the day of the draft, and I was and he texted me saying like super like excited for tonight, but like I didn't know anything. Like I didn't have any like clue. But I didn't realize it was him. I thought it was my buddy, my other buddy, Ben, that was texting me saying, like, you know, jacked up for tonight or something like that. So I just replied, like, thanks or something, something like really simple. <laughs> and like, I didn't realize it was him. And then the draft happened. And I was like, and then I got picked, obviously, by the Atlas. And then I was like, scrolling through my phone after. And he texted me again. And it was like, obviously, now it's official, blah, 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 something like that. And I was like, I realized after that, like, he had texted me, like, you kind of you kind of iced the coach. You kind of iced your vision toss the coach. Thanks, buddy. Me by saying like super excited for tonight, and like I was still in the dark until it actually happened. But he basically told me. Oh, you kind of gave it away, but you didn't really pick up on it. I thought it was. I had and like I talked to him before on the phone. I had his number, but I just for some reason got I got it mixed up with. I don't know. It was really worked out. It was funny. Yeah. That's that's, uh, that's kind of bananas that they do the so you didn't they do the draft so they know they pick you five days in advance but you have no idea. I think that's how it works. Yeah, that's kind of bizarre world if you ask me, but whatever. Super weird. Anyways, I think it, then, well, it's probably it's production value too, right? Like that way they can like kind of if anything goes wrong, it's like they can kind of edit it out, I guess, in a sense. And and I think I'm sure they were on a time crunch because wasn't the I think the draft was like right after playoff hockey or something. Right. And like they went into overtime and then it went later. So like they had, they probably had a short window they had to hit. Um, yeah. It was, it was delayed. I remember, I remember that happening. Yeah. Bit. Interesting. So what was uh, like jumping into that, into that league, obviously you had success at Cornell, but like it, at that point it had been, I guess it had been cause like even world championships were a little bit before. So like that had been two years, right. Since you had played field in field in a field game. Yeah, the last time I played was was Penn State before that. So yeah, it'd been like probably about a year and a half, a year and some change there. Yeah, almost a year and a half. So how did you feel going into game one? Where were you just like it's like kind of another game? Yeah, well, I mean, I think I said this twice, but like the I I stayed at Cornell to be with Coach Allen and worked out rather than just being here and kind of working out by myself or whatever like that. Yeah. So I think he did a really got good job of just preparing me. And then like I couldn't play for the first like two weekends, three weekends. Um so then, like, I stayed there with him even longer, like, throughout the summer after everybody went home. So just, like, me, him, 
some of the Cornell hockey guys and like I think maybe two two or three other guys on the lacrosse team that hadn't gone home yet. So there's like a really small group of us. And um, I was just training with him kind of every day, just waiting until I could, you know, finally go play. So um, and then I felt, you know, pretty good, like physically. And then obviously, you know, when you when you get up to game speed and put your stick back in your hand to a, to a full 10 on 10 game, it's it's a little bit different because we'd only got up to three on three max. So I hadn't played anything other than three on three and over a year. So what's your what was your what was your review? What's how would you like summarize kind of, you know, maybe now that you've played in the NLL too, like kind of just, you know, comparing and contrasting if maybe if there's similarities in terms of like how the leagues are run um, or, you know, how games feel, stuff like that. Yeah, I think I've in for me, actually, like uh, for me, between boxing field is, is like split 50 50. I enjoy I know I feel like a lot of Canadians or box players kind of lean towards the box cross side. For me, it's like literally split down the middle 50 50. I enjoy both playing both. Um, I think it just I think the the main difference is like, you know, when when you're in the NL, you're just with like that one team. And you do everything with that one team. Like you, you, you go to practice, you, you travel with that one team, basically. And then everybody you talk to internally is through that one team with, the, you know, with the PLL, it's, you know, a little bit different. It's kind of everybody's going to the same um, hotel. Everybody's going to the same venue and stuff like that. So it's, I mean, it's, it's definitely a little bit different, but at the same time, I think it's, you know, I think it, it's fun to kind of be a part of both and have the both experience as opposed to like the same thing year round. Yeah. It's kind of like, I mean, and I think that that was kind of their their goal is kind of like more of a festival feel, right? Kind of like you're going in for the weekend. There's a bunch of games, kind of more put on like a, a traveling festival kind of kind of deal, right? Yeah, and I, I think that you know attracts a, a lot of kids just to come up and kind of see everybody at one weekend, as opposed to like, oh, this guy's just you know this player's just in town for this weekend, whereas like everybody's in town for this weekend come out and you know, get single day tickets or the whole weekend tickets. And I think it's you know a big attraction, especially to the, to the younger ages. Dude. And you should have seen like the first, obviously I wasn't around for the first, you know, whatever, however many games we played seven, I guess, or six, it would have been before I got to be there. But the first game at home I came to speaking of like those kids, man, I've never heard so many people yell Jeff Teat or anyone's name in my life. Like, cause you know, when you go like the kids are like after the game, hanging over the rails. And then like, you kind of go out and like sign some stuff. I'm sitting there like, you know, two or three other guys are kind of going doing their thing. Like they'll go say what's up to the kids. And then Teeter walks out and these kids are having legitimate jammers, heart attacks on the spot, screaming his name. It's like, is that over? Is that like an overwhelming to kind of be like, I don't even know which kid to look at. Like when all this is happening. Yeah. It's funny. Cause like they're, they're like that 24 seven and like, you guys probably all know when you're like walking out onto the floor to like play your game, they're trying to grab your stick or asking you for your helmet or something like that. And you're really like, I just got to go play. Like, maybe we'll give you something after, but yeah, no, they're, they're fun to be around. And um, obviously I have two younger brothers too. So I'm, I'm kind of used to the hectic and you know, the craziness and stuff like that, but uh, they're definitely you know, a, a different breed of just yelling and asking for whatever they, they really don't have a filter. They don't really care. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, kind of touched on like, We'll, we'll dive into the NLL here. Like, obviously, you go first overall, and I think, you know, there was no no doubt you were you were not going to not go first overall. And, uh, you know, a guy of your talent and stature and what you've accomplished in the game at such a young age, like one thing, 
you know, we laugh about how there's always been like the generational talent, like every year that goes first overall in this league, but you truly are one of those guys, but do you ever like kind of on that? Like, how do you deal with that? Like, is it kind of just water off a duck's back? Like you feel any pressure, like with all this hype or kind of, how do you deal with that on a day-to-day stuff? Um, yeah, I mean, I would definitely say that it's not like, it's not on the level of other sports leagues. Like it's not like a, a Zion or anything like that, but by, by any means, um, you're making so. the same amount of money though. That was what I heard. <laughs> yeah. we, we'll go through that later, whatever. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. But yeah. I wouldn't say it's on like, like an, an insane level. It's obviously, you know, a, a little more, but I think just, you know, I think it just goes back to, you know, just doing what you do every day and not changing anything. I think that's kind of what I've done. I've, I went to the hill now I'm back there and I still do the same stuff I, I do when I, when I was, you know, in college or, or something now. So I'm not a, trying to stay off social media a lot and you know, just kind of try not to stay too away from you know, what I learned. Yeah, for sure. And go, and going back to the draft, like where let's just touch on that. Like, where was it again? Were you talking other teams? Obviously you go first raw, but kind of I think it was a foregone conclusion, but just take us through that draft night too. <laughs> Yeah, it was actually like it was it was I enjoyed it a lot. It was kind of right up my alley. It was obviously a virtual draft. So okay. Um, okay. it was virtual. And then um I was kind of going back to Cornell, obviously going back to Cornell at that time. So um like I, I, I tried to stay away from you know anything that would get me in trouble as like with this professional sports team because the NCAA is extremely strict with that stuff. Obviously, nothing probably would have happened just just kind of tried to stay away from that, but no, I just got to sit at home, um, you know, watch the draft. Um, didn't have to you know, do anything, didn't have to dress up, do any interviews, which is great. I just kind of got to enjoy it. And then obviously watch, you know, all of your friends that you kind of grew up playing with or against get drafted. I think that was uh, cool watching you know, those guys. Did you ice Laddie after too? <laughs> no, nah, I didn't ice Laddie. <laughs> That is, that is, that is completely up your alley. That's so funny that it worked out that way. Like yeah, that you can't even like be getting interviewed or anything. Cause it's just like, Nope, like I gotta be going back to school. It's a quick thumbs up after he gets drafted for us overall. Eh? Yeah. Just, yeah. Thanks guys. That's too good. So what, it, I mean, again, obviously it's, you know, it's been a pretty seamless transition for you, but what's uh, how would you kind of describe just like stepping into the NLL? Obviously like, was there that kind of moment? you know, first game maybe or something that you're kind of like, you know, saw my dad playing this and now it's, you know, things are kind of full circle and I'm, I'm here now. Yeah. I think, uh, I think I felt like I've kind of been around the league for a while, obviously not playing, but like being a ball boy or kind of coming to watch games when I was younger. And then like, um, you know, seeing, you know, you get to a certain age and like when you're in college, there's some guys that um, you play junior with that are already in the league just because either they don't go to, you know, they don't play in the NCAA. So, you know, you have close friends and you're watching them for a year or two before you go in. So you, you, you kind of feel close. And then you, when you get drafted, you wait a year. So you're, you're technically, I feel like I was kind of involved for a while as opposed to like actually being on the floor. And then, you know, obviously, you know, getting on the floor, I think that was, you know, kind of you know, a, a little bit of, okay, now I'm here. It's just got to settle in a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, you know, you're, we're halfway through or more than halfway through your first year. And, and, you know, who knows what's going to happen. But do you, like, do you set goals for yourself? Like, is there, like, hey, I want to accomplish, like, A, B, and C in this league? Or or kind of, like, you have any goals you want to accomplish in the LL? Or how do you go about kind of that stuff? Um, no, I, 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 I don't do that. I um, No, I don't sit down at the beginning of the year, 
or the beginning of a game and you know try to you know accomplish anything specific or anything like that um i would say um the two things that i kind of well one obviously winning you know yeah. each, you can break it down by you know quarter five minutes whatever you want um people do it differently and then i think the second thing that i just kind of focus on is uh just being a great teammate um i think that's like one thing that I felt like I kind of knew when I was younger, but it was really emphasized and amplified at Cornell. Just like, just no matter what, just be a great teammate. And I think everything kind of falls under that umbrella, you know, accountability, work ethic, all that kind of stuff. It kind of falls under there. So um, I think that's just, and everybody kind of has their own version of doing that. So I think that's the one thing that, you know, I try to, you know, remind myself of sometimes and stuff like that. So I would, I would, that would be it. Beautiful. Jeff, I don't want to, uh, you know, give away your secrets here, but you told me you talked about like how you've been around the league a long time. You told me a cool story one time about how you used to watch John Tavares and the way he shot uh, when you were a little kid. Can you just kind of just like explain like how you used to watch him and kind of like what you took from him? Yeah, Paul. Paul asked like at the beginning of like, did you watch a specific, you know, player the way they were playing and stuff? And I wasn't like looking for this or anything. I was just watching him shoot and like shoot around. I think he was literally shooting on an empty net. And um, he was just shooting this three-quarter shot. He shot in the same spot, shorts that high every single time. And then I was like, oh, that was pretty cool. I should, I don't know, I'm going to try that out whenever I get the chance to. And then that's just kind of where I got you know, that, that from, just kind of picking up on that. And then, um, you know, I didn't, like, think anything of it. I wasn't like, yo, I got I to gotta watch this guy specifically. And then even after, I was just like, oh, that, I was just like, oh, that was pretty cool. And then I tried it, and it worked, and then I just kind of kept trying it. So you want to break John Tavares' records is what you're saying? Is that what I think that's what he says? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Put that on the record. Donnie stamped that. We'll get that on Instagram tomorrow. It's all good. Yeah. We need to tweet out something here, Teeter. Could you you just say something cool? It was something nuts. It was something controversial quickly. Who do you hate in the league? He said, fuck. He said, fuck (laughs) Nicosello. I think right out of the gate. I heard him say, that's too good. Oh, man. You know what? You know what I find crazy? Um, just touching back onto your dad is that he's a righty. You're a lefty. Usually every kid that like you look like dice dice is a lefty, like his dad. Most kids are the same, same hand as their dad. How did you become a lefty? This is way out of left field, but I just find it interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a great question. Um, I mean, obviously you're kind of just like born with it, but I don't know. I just yeah, find it I weird. Know, both of my brothers are lefties too. So really all right yeah um he's kind of the odd one out of being a righty but i like i i write with my right hand and stuff probably the same as you know I'll, yeah, probably yeah. Dan lefty probably the same thing yeah Interesting. yeah this paulie what a fucking question though that's the best one you've ever asked cerebral yeah i just blacked out what happened <laughs> I'll, I'll actually i'll pick up there because i, I kind of missed it in the minor but i'm kind of curious like playing for your dad aside from like the life lessons and stuff is there like a lacrosse thing that your dad used to say or that he taught you as a little kid, like about like the game that you kind of still think of, or like, what do you think of when in terms of like, what he taught you about like how to, you know, play and score goals and that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think, um, I think for, for me personally, I mean, everybody who like kind of watched him play know that he just played off ball. Great off, one of the best off yeah. ball guys of all time. And like when I was kind of growing up, like uh, when you're, I feel like in minor, like Pee Bantam, like you just have that one kid that can kind of go through everybody and maybe a little bit more physically dominating than others, kind of got a really hard shot or something like that. But I was never big enough or strong enough to kind of do that. So 
he was always telling me, if you want to score goals, you got to go to the middle of the floor and kind of take a beating. So that's kind of what I kind of did when I was smaller. And then even like my first year junior, I didn't, I didn't like have the ball a lot even second year junior. And then, you know, I just kind of, as I got older, I started um, being more of a ball carrier. So, I mean, I think that was, you know, taking that, that, that massive, you know, like you said, teaching how to score goals, just, you know, if you want to score goals, just kind of get to the middle, just kind of take a beating and, and that's kind of what I did majority of mine. That's awesome. That's super cool. Yeah. Good stuff. That's all I got. Any, you guys got anything else for him here? No, this is awesome, man. I mean, again, this is, this is the start of a, a long career, man. Um, obviously you've, you've accomplished a lot, but honestly, man, thanks a lot for taking time. It's kind of cool for, uh, for a guy like me, you know, as you get super old, like I got to see, uh, you know, when you're 10, 11 years old and now I'm playing in the league against you, which is, is kind of crazy. So, you know, at one, at one point you'll probably be there too, I'm sure. And, and making a lot more money and scoring a hell of a lot more goals than, than me, but it's kind of cool to see, uh, see life come full circle for myself, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's, that's, it's kind of been a, a wild ride, especially the last two years, but you know, everybody's kind of settling in and kind of enjoying lacrosse again. Here we go, Riptide. Hey, why not us? That's it. All right, buddy. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining us. Well, uh, I guess we'll see you tomorrow. Of course. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, see you, Thanks, TC. All right. That was old TC Beauty. What a chat. What a guy. Modest, humble as they come. Quiet, but he opened up for us huge marvel guy i thought one movie was marvel it wasn't i also thought he won a minto he didn't so i uh i may be uh i may be getting a call i'm no longer on the riptide in uh, 24 hours <laughs> but good little chat for sure but uh you guys call him teetsy or teeter everything absolutely yeah. everything yeah would yeah. you guys call him john donnie john just don. teeter just, just Heather, teeter Heather usually calling john don, john don yeah, I said that in the episode too, Johnny Donnie. <laughs> yeah, usually it was just it was just Teeter. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. I think T, like TT is more just like I like TT. Yeah, it was tough because his dad was Teeter. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's not tough, but it's like you try and find always like a different one for the son, I guess. But TT's yeah. funny. No, yeah, it's. Uh... It's always the nickname that you don't like that sticks, though. That's kind of yeah, exactly. It's the way she goes. But um, anything else we want to touch on before we uh, for um, shut down? No, got a cool, got a cool message. We well, got a couple cool messages. Um, one from the Bumpy Road guys, um, just saying thanks for the shout out. But again, looking forward to that um, Orangeville Doc series, which again is it's kind of cool. Showing us actually showing my brother some of the old school footage, and he was just like loving it. Um, and then second of all, thanks to those guys for saying they have a VHS to USB. So I will be texting those guys. And once I get all the videos in order, I will put them all on USB drive. And hopefully we'll have some, some kind of cool old school Dawson of some sort. Anyways. And then awesome. uh, got a cool message. Got a cool message from uh, Nate Sanis and just um, he's Lindsay. Phil Sanderson's little brother, my age, I grew up playing against him, never really played with him, always played against him, but he was a hell of a lacrosse player himself and just gives a kind of a cool message just saying, you know, really love the pod, love, love what we're doing. So messages like that kind of 
warm the heart and just make us want to continue continue doing this so especially from like former players and stuff like that so just two shows to those guys so thanks a lot because kind of without without you guys we're just three guys talking into a mic to nobody yeah that's exactly it we pretty much still are that but um the other thing too our own ego yeah exactly we uh big shout out to our boys at tarps too got the uh got the little sampler pack there and i know we're gonna be doing another giveaway after this one drops um for for nice little track suit so stay tuned for that one um line eye supplements again this stuff i mean it's I am just crushing it i love it. i mean it's insane what how much protein and greens and bcas and creatine every day i'm blowing up like a balloon with this creatine i mean how can you it's I mean, and I'm, but I'm drinking so much water. It's actually repulsive how much water I'm drinking since I've started taking that stuff. But it's funny, man. Um, it's a complete side note, but like, I remember you used to like take like, remember like the purple K creatine. Oh yeah. I used to take that stuff in like high school and just like not even work out and just like walk around the hallways. Like I was a bad guy. Cause I thought I was taking like steroids. Dude, but- at one point creatine was steroids, which was hilarious. Like, you know, when everyone's like first like working out and everyone's like legit. I'm six five, buck forty, and then like another guy, he might like looks up. He's like, that guy's like, hey, you see Paul? He's on creatine. Did you know that he's on creatine. Yeah. It was like this like underground like creatine was this fucking secret drug that like only Jack guys were on it or whatever. Yeah, it's and but it's great. I love that stuff. So, um, Paul twenty, Dan twenty, go check him out. Line I supplements. I did some. I did some research. I yep. inquired because I wanted to work with him to try to figure out like if we could kind of solve the shipping issue they've got 15 dollar flat rate shipping anywhere in ontario and that's pretty like and that's on any order so if you do a big bulk order with a bunch of guys use those discount codes you're going to be getting a great deal supporting local and supporting somebody who supports the lacrosse community um you know i think the u.s shipping was like a 30 dollar flat rate or something which you know again it's a little more expensive but if you want to do a bulk order and you want to try all these different flavors of just great, great stuff. I mean, you can't go wrong. You, like I'm on the lollipop BCAs now. It's like, I just kind of keep switching and getting riding the train. And this one is now I'm, I'm riding this one all the way home. Cause it's, it's nice, but, um, and then obviously shout out to cottage Springs. I almost stumbled into their office on last Thursday, but that's a story hmm. for another day. Um, but, uh, yeah, is that, I think that pretty much does it. Big, big weekend of games. Strap on, strap in, strap on. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, strap in. <laughs> if that's your thing, though, go ahead. Go yeah, for yeah, it. yeah. No, I mean, Where we just say you can't strap on. No, it's, I mean, absolutely sure if that's your thing. Um, but, you know, I know there's going to be a lot of college, college basketball too. But um, if you're on ESPN Plus, click on the lacrosse. Give that a watch too. A lot of games, a lot of good games, a lot of big Sunday games. Night. Sunday night too, Big Ten Network, Maryland, Penn State. Sunday night, if you need a, if you didn't get an awful cross on Friday, Saturday, you got got a nice little nightcap. Sunday Just night watch an Saturday. absolute an absolute wagon pull up to Penn yeah. State because the boys, the boys are rolling. What a game from Donnie and the boys there taking down. We didn't even really touch on that taking I down know, Virginia. Forgot the wagon. The wagon keeps rolling. Yeah, I absolutely. I'm such a fucking hard shell turtle back guy now. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much does it. I love so it. So I guess we will talk with you next week. Peace.
the drug I was, the strength behind your grip. I hated the buzz on your loose hallucinogenic trip. Set myself free and you'd sneak up from behind. I was the monster in my mind. Get out, let me go. Cause I can't do this anymore. Seated on my right, disguised as love and dressed in white, eyes as black as a winter night. Grabbed my hand and pulled me in, said I'd never walk alone again. The beginning of the end. Dark. And I was the monster from the start. 